Welcome to Policy for the People, a show that explores the public policies that can lift up all Oregonians. This show is a collaboration between KMUZ Radio and the Oregon Center for Public Policy. I am your host, Juan Carlos Ordonez. Even before the pandemic, many Oregon families struggled to put food on the table. And following the start of the crisis, rising food prices have made it even harder for some families to feed themselves. This is especially true for many immigrant families who are excluded from the nation's most important anti-hunger program, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP, also known as food stamps. As a result, many immigrant families, including the very people who grow, harvest, and process the food we eat, cannot access federal food assistance. But there is hope on the horizon. Oregon Senate Bill 610, known as the Food for All Oregonians legislation, would extend food assistance to immigrant families where the federal government fails to do so. At the heart of the Food for All Oregonians campaign is the basic notion that food is a human right. The Oregon Center for Public Policy's Executive Director, Alejandro Queral, discussed Senate Bill 610 with Fatima Jawaid Marty, the campaign manager for Food for All Oregonians, and Aldo Solano, the Strategic Partnerships Manager at the Oregon Food Bank. Here is their conversation. Fatima, let's start with you. Can you give us a sense of the scope of the problem uh, of food insecurity in Oregon? What have you heard from families in terms of their struggles to put food on the table? Food insecurity has long been a problem for Oregon. Access to food has been something that communities have been struggling with for a long time, especially, you know, our Black, Indigenous, and other people of colors, newly arrived immigrant and refugees, really because of historical inequities. These communities face hunger two to three times the rate than their white counterparts here in Oregon. And I think when you layer that into the context of the last few years of the pandemic and knowing, you know, it won't be a surprise for anyone to hear, the last few years have been hard and it's been challenging. And families who had long been struggling with access to food, it's just been increased and layered with rising costs of food and the rising costs of housing. More and more Oregonians are facing hunger, facing poverty, facing food insecurity. Prior to the pandemic, this was one in 11 Oregonians, and now it's increased to one in five, meaning, you know, more and more folks in our neighborhoods and our communities are struggling to make ends meet and struggling to know how to put food on their tables and having to make decisions that are central to the family to make sure that everyone has enough to eat. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about what do you think are the factors that are driving this increase in food insecurity across Oregon? There's several things. When we have SNAP, which is a federal program, also known as food stamps, that is one of the only main supports that folks have to put food on the table. And we know that it's a flawed system. It's not meeting current needs. And we have a large population of people who aren't able to access SNAP due to immigration status and other you know, racist exclusions and historic systematic inequities. And with those individuals, you know, when you're saying that we have huge populations that are facing hunger at much higher rates, and with SNAP being one of the main ways to address those needs, you know, people aren't able to have access to those. And we know here 
right? It's universal truth. Food is a human right. People deserve to have access to the food that they need to thrive. And the fact that not only are our current systems not meeting the existing needs, there are people who are unable to access them. So right now we have 62,000 immigrant, refugee, and compact of free association individuals who are excluded from the federal SNAP program due to their immigration status. We'll get back to this question about the bill uh, that you're working on specifically, but I wanted to ask Aldo first about you know, how we think about food insecurity. And as, as, as Fatima is pointing out, you know, there are thousands of Oregonians uh, be, that because of their uh, legal status in the country are not able to access these federal programs like food stamps. So, but, but what's behind that? Why do you think that there are some families, these families of immigrants that are excluded from food assistance programs? Yeah, Alejandro, thanks so much for having us. Thank you for that question. The, you know, the truth underneath it all, right, I think that many of us know and understand is that, you know, systemic ra ra uh, racism plays a, a big role, right, on delivery exclusions from different benefits, you know, even beyond food assistance that have existed for decades that um, have barred people from accessing them for quite a long time. You know, in some ways we talk about how systems are broken, um, but we very much uh, are all, all aware, I think, that certain systems, right, are designed a, a certain way and inherently from the beginning and from the start of, of the setting up of systems and systems of governments, systems of, of providing benefits and social services, were set up by people in power um, who, for the most part, are not the same people who are most affected by these symptoms of, of food insecurity. So I think it's important to name and understand that the, the role that systemic racism plays, not just in the state here in Oregon, but also across the country. Right. And the Oregon Food Bank has been a key advocate of uh, the Food for All Oregonians bill, SB 610. Can you tell us about what does this bill do and how does it help these families that have been excluded from these programs? You know, the Food for All Oregonians campaign um, is a statewide food justice advocacy campaign that's coordinated by both um, Oregon Food Bank and Partners for Hunger Free Oregon. Um, and it's been led, you know, since 2021 by uh, community-based organizations that serve immigrant and refugee populations and is supported by over 120 different organizations and allies from across the state. And in a nutshell, what uh, the Food for All Oregonians bill, uh, Senate Bill 610 aims to do is to expand food assistance benefits for the more than 62,000 Oregonians who are currently excluded due to immigration status. This includes COPA citizens, it includes DACA recipients, it includes TPS holders, undocumented individuals, and it includes legal permanent residents under the five-year bar. Our bill also has a critical benefit navigation component um, that will ensure that outreach to impacted populations is done in a linguistic and culture-specific way, and it is done by community organizations that have uh, trust built with, with the impacted populations. Thank you for that description, and we'll come back to the, to the campaign in a minute. I'm curious, uh, if you could clarify a little bit some of the terminology used, because I think that there may be listeners that are not familiar with some of the terms you use, because there are a number of categories that are excluded from accessing this, uh, these programs. I also heard that even legal residents, there is a five-year ban. Can you touch a little bit on that? I mentioned, you know, first, uh, COFA citizens, which is the um, individuals who are under the comp Compact of Free Association um, with the United States, which is a, a, a special type of uh, a treaty that uh, certain nations in the uh, in the Pacific have with the United States. DACA recipients who are the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, um, which is a program that started in the Obama era in, in 2012. 
TPS holders are uh, temporary protected status holders and legal permanent residents under the five-year bar, which is a, a rule that um, prevents people who have been legal permanent residents for less than five years to access certain benefits. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. There's certainly a xenophobic flavor to all of those exclusions, but we can set that aside for a moment. Fatima, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what the Food for All Oregonians campaign is doing to galvanize community support for this bill? Food for All Oregonians, as Aldo was mentioning, you know, seeks to do a handful of things. The first and foremost is looking at the federal SNAP program and think and saying, okay, given these racist exclusions, how are we able to make sure that individuals who are excluded due to arbitrary factors like immigration status are able to access vital food benefits? And so first of all, it seeks to build a state supplement to the federal SNAP program that would make individuals excluded due to immigration status eligible through the state of Oregon and having a state-funded supplement. It also layers on community navigation program, which is building upon current systems that we already have in Oregon that have proven to work for healthier Oregon through the Oregon Health Authority. And really saying that, you know, when we're looking at these communities, those that have have not been centered by our state and by our country and saying, how do we make sure that it's not just about benefits themselves? How are you making sure that individuals and families are able to know how to access benefits, feel safe to access benefits in the languages that feel most comfortable for them from individuals that come from their community and that can explain how these complex systems work. And that, you know, personally from my stance of like knowing that a lot of these systems are purposely built to be very complicated to access. And, and kind of dialing back to, I also wanna say one of the central values of the Food for All campaign is that we believe that people who experience hunger and poverty are experts in their situations. They know the solutions to the things that they're facing. And so, when I talk about the bill itself and the, the components of it, really that came from a series of community input work that we did around the state of Oregon, um, where we talked with over 400 individuals through a series of one-on-one -on -one conversations, listening circles, and a statewide survey, and really heard very clearly what individuals in immigrant refugees and compact of free association communities are really facing around how are they getting food on their table? What do we know about the impacts of not having access to SNAP for their households? And what do they think solutions are? And I think from there, really baked into the beginning of this campaign, is that community listening piece and that hearing of like the very real experiences that people are having. And I think from there, we were able to craft what this campaign is and what it's seeking to do. Take a moment to share this episode with your friends. It's a great way for people to discover this show and it really helps us out. Also, please consider making a donation to the Oregon Center for Public Policy. Contributions by people like you helps us create more content like this. And it helps us communicate more broadly about how to advance economic justice in Oregon. Go to ocpp.org and make a contribution today. 
Thanks. And now to the rest of our show. You raise an excellent point. I mean, you you started with the idea that in order for this program to be successful, you need to have the supports that allow folks to walk into the system and actually be able to get the services that they're seeking. But I also heard something that is critical in terms of how the bill was designed, right? You know that this navigation will make it more likely to be successful because you talk to the folks that are most impacted by the lack of access to food and by the lack of services available to them, whether in their language or in a cultural specific way. And it just goes to that point about how do we design policy that involves folks from the get-go rather than at the very end when it's about receiving the services. Can you speak about that process a bit more and how the policy was actually developed? You heard things about navigation, but what other needs uh, did the community share with you? When we did the community input work, we partnered with about 14 organizations. We were able to reach 13 counties across the state of Oregon, and we're able to hold it in about 16 languages. And the things that we learned, I know, is not new to a lot of advocates who've been working in the food justice world for a long time. But we heard a lot about that it's you know, right now, as I was saying earlier, it's more difficult for households to afford food with rising food costs. We hear that, you know, when we think about access to foods and fresh foods and healthier foods, they're often too expensive and not available in kind of our emergency food system network, like food banks and pantries. And then, you know, that low cost grocery stores are often too far away and culturally specific and appropriate food is not readily available. So when we're talking about food, something that is so central to all of us and what we eat every day. It's not just about the food itself, but is this something that I'm familiar with? Is this something that I grew up with that feels like it reflects my culture and the the things that nourish myself and my body? Um, we also heard a lot, you know, in the last few years with the Trump administration and public charge and all of the things that really have increased fear around accessing benefits and really hearing from a lot of communities that even in households that had mixed status households where some individuals had status did not access food benefits for fear that it would impact their immigration status. You know, my family were legal permanent residents who came into the country and for that first five years, right, were unable to access food benefits, even though they really, really needed them. And then for, you know, the rest of my childhood still did not access SNAP benefits because of the fear that even long after they had naturalized, the fear that it would, their immigration status would be taken away. And I know that this is from hearing everyone share their stories through this listening work. We heard this again and again about most indicated that they were unwilling to access benefits due to their, this fear. And then we also heard a lot about information and resource barriers and that often they're not available in native, native language. And it's a barrier to understanding everything from the application process to how to figure out eligibility. How do you even ask questions? And overall, we heard this theme of no one's helping me. That information was so difficult to access and understand. 
Thank you for sharing that. And, and and thank you also for sharing your personal experience. I think we experienced something similar. And it really strikes me how, unless you talk to the folks that are really affected by these policies, that we don't fully understand the complexity of the problem, the complexity of the challenge for a number of reasons. But it's a good reminder that the starting point is always asking them what do you need? Um, it also strikes me that you know we are uh, having facing a problem that is on both ends. First, you get excluded, and then once you are supposedly accept, you know, able to access the program, there are a number of barriers that make it practically impossible, including, as you mentioned, some psychological ones. Um, Aldo, let's let's switch to you. I'm curious, uh, you know, how are you seeing the support for the bill, both in the communities and not just in the communities that are directly affected? But in the communities writ large that have kind of gotten engaged with the campaign, and how do you see that support translating into support for the bill itself? We're very excited. You know, we've been for the last uh, couple of months have been really gaining a lot of traction on expanding our coalition and you know and making allies um, as as we talk to different communities and, and and also people and allies in different sectors. Right, we've been able to garner a lot of broad support across the state from. Not only, like you mentioned, you know, communities that are impacted by this policy, but also I think folks who maybe in the past not have been as engaged on the on issues of immigrant justice uh, or food justice. And I think we've been really gotten to, you know, enjoy bridging the gap between so many different issues and movements um, that connect to food justice and well-being through this campaign. You know, I mentioned the over 120 different community organizations that are part of this campaign and our coalition is growing more and more, you know, inside the building, you know. Yeah, even since the start of the legislative session, I believe we have over 15 different sponsors on both chambers and with bipartisan support as well. We just had our advocacy day, right, with 120 plus different individuals, you know, came to Salem and had conversations with their legislators about the importance of this bill. We had, you know, a fantastic day with many folks who hadn't been to the Capitol or Salem before and have, haven't had that experience of, you know, speaking truth to power about the importance of this bill. So, all in all, you know, with our, our growing coalition, you know, the events that we are hosting across the state to bring more awareness about this issue and the issues of, of food insecurity in connection to, to immigrant justice, it's been fantastic. You know, it's been truly a collaborative effort and really a, a movement building moment. That's very exciting to hear about that momentum and that support that is much broader than one would imagine when you think about who's going to be benefiting from this campaign. So that's very encouraging to hear. And I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, and really this is a question for either of you, but maybe Aldo, you can go first. And I'm curious if you're hearing arguments in opposition, who might be, or not who necessarily, but what are they arguing, those that oppose uh, having a more inclusive food assistance program in Oregon? You know, quite frankly, I think compared to, you know, other campaigns that I've been a part of in the past that connect to immigrant rights or, or immigrant justice work, we haven't had a whole lot of organized opposition around this issue. People really see this as a priority, something that's truly important, um, that is long overdue. Some, some of the bigger challenges, right, are, you know, uh, sometimes come from inside the building with legislators, you know, with competing priorities and, and people not really understanding or seeing this as a priority outside the building, outside of the policy of it all. Everybody supports it. Wonderful. Fatima, do you have some thoughts on that question? You know, so far, as Aldo had said earlier, we do have 17 lawmakers supporting this bill. And currently, 
where in the Ways and Means Committee, which um, for those that are not as familiar or dialed into the legislative process, is, you know, the portion where we say, okay, we see value in this bill, but do we see it as a priority to fund? And I will say, when we talk about a food benefit program like this and the scope of folks that we're trying to reach, often the question is, well, how how will we pay for this? And I think often there's so much important legislation moving forward right now that is going to support our communities, but feeling like often we're in this scarcity mindset around, is there enough to cover all the needs? And I think from the standpoint that I have is we do, right? And all of these supports are so critical in supporting our communities and food justice and access to food is so important. And so I think really saying this is something our state needs to be investing on, investing in um, because this is just every day impacting our community members. Food is so central. If we don't have access to food, it impacts every aspect of our lives. And we know, right, when you have food, children improve their performance at school, health improves, our economy thrives, right? With the return on investment, every dollar of SNAP brings $1.50 sense back into our economy through grocery stores, supporting farmers and other food producers, and really saying, we know how much food for all Argonians is going to benefit our communities, and we need to invest in it. Those are excellent points. And it it is really interesting how, you know, there's added urgency, uh, not only because the pandemic food assistance benefits uh, that were expanded, I have now expired, but now we're also facing this potentially additional cuts to many of these programs or additional barriers like putting uh, work requirements for being able to access some of these uh, benefits. Um, So it's like, you know, we're in a crucible that is making this all the more urgent. Um, And so I thank you both for your work uh, and for leading such an important campaign. Uh, I wanted to see if there was anything else that either of you would like to add. I think just to your point there, um, really right now, there are a lot of changes right now that are happening that are threatening SNAP users. And it is such an important time for us to keep fighting to retain and expand SNAP here in Oregon. And I think, you know, the bit that I hold is like where where Oregon right now is fighting to expand SNAP while Congress is cu- is cutting benefits to a lot of individuals. And I think it just makes it incredibly important to keep pushing and keep pushing food for all Argonians. But I'll pause there to see if Aldo, you have anything else to add? You know, the reality is that food is essential. We know that kids do better in school, that our families and our uh, our health and well-being depends on it. We know that our economy thrives when everybody has access to food. And we know that, you know, there's families right now that are, are having to make impossible decisions, you know, between what things to pay for, whether to pay for rent or food, some families even have, you know, parents having to like their kids about, you know, whether they've had dinner or not. And I think that we can do much better in the state of Oregon. And I would encourage every, everybody to please go to our website to learn more, foodforallorg.org, and, and get involved because uh, I think we have a real opportunity to, to make a difference here and impact thousands and thousands of lives. 
Wonderful. Thank you for that. I was going to ask you what could people do and you preempted it. So you're a very, very good organizer, I can tell. Thank you both so much. I really appreciate you joining us and for all the work that you do for all Oregonians. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to Policy for the People. We will see you next time.